Hello and welcome to episode 6 of your Leader Breeder podcast with myself and your host Aidan Jeffrey. Leader Breeder podcast is a leadership podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your leadership voice in order to deliver greater value in your life, career, ministry and business. And in today's episode, episode 6, we're going to have a look at effective leaders control their controllables. And so before we get into today's episode, I'm excited to announce our new God's Financial Secret series coming out in October on the Leader Breeder platform as we've officially completed our Born to Prosper 90-day devotional series. And what a great experience that was and what a great journey that was. And thank you to those of you that came on that journey with me and are still continuing to go on that journey with me as well. It was such an incredible experience. And as we got to convert the 90-day devotional into a podcast, And I had such great feedback. Thank you to everybody for your positive responses and your kind responses and your inboxes and your messages. We are approaching close on 15,000 plays already on the Leader Breeder podcast. And like I said, nothing big starts big. Everything big starts small. And so uh, we are going to keep chipping away and adding new content as well. So busy with the God's Financial Secret series at the moment in production. And that will be coming out every Tuesday once a week from the, the middle of October. So watch out on the platform for those details as well. Going to be unlocking a whole lot of new truths uh, for you to be able to uh, learn and grow in your leadership development as well. And also in production at the moment, the Unless the Seed audiobook is busy being produced at the moment as well. It'll be out on Audible soon and all different other audiobook platforms. So very busy with creating a new and upcoming content as well. And after that, in the new year, we're going to be looking at bringing you the Born to Prosper book, that whole podcast devotion as well, unlocking all the truths in the Born to Prosper book as well, because as I've told you before as well, you are born to prosper on earth for purpose, and you are born again to prosper in eternity for permanence. So really super, super excited. And also, if you haven't downloaded the free Prosper Clock app as well for Android, then please go to IamBornToProsper.com to find out how to get your free Prosper Clock app as well. It's such a great a lot of products coming out as well for you to be able to use, to grow, to develop in your spiritual walk, in your career walk as well, your business walk as well. And so I'm super expected for today's episode. So, well, let's get straight into today's episode and look at effective leaders control their controllables. One of the keys to advancing and scaling in life, in business, in your career is to learn to control the controllables. And uh, we're going to have a look at that today in this episode. And as I've been really just preparing for this episode as well. I've been noticing so much that you'll be living in a world where there's such a boundaryless world we're living in right now due to social media. And when we look at the times and the seasons and the boundaries that God placed on the earth, there's a specific reason for that. But when you have a look at the busyness of the world today, when you have a look at the busyness of people's lives, their minds are occupied with so much content and information due to the fact that we're living in this boundaryless world. And I really just want to speak to us a little bit about that this episode, because I really believe that in order for you to scale, to stay on track where you know your life needs to go, where God's taking you, the direction your life is going in, it's important to learn to control the controllables. God placed on the earth day and night, and he placed on the earth summer and winter seasons, as well as sea and sand. He put the water and the land in its boundaries for a specific reason. When the earth gets 12 hours or whatever it is of sun a day, God then created night for that earth to rest and so that it can continue to replenish itself and to grow and gave us summer, winter, autumn, spring seasons 
in order for the same place where people are occupying it in summer, people are out in the parks and on the beaches and on the fields. But in winter, when God sends winter in a different season, in many countries, snow falls or it's extremely cold, rainfall. And so people avoid those areas or people don't go to those areas because they can't. And that's God's way of replenishing the earth. I mean, he also put boundaries in place like sea and sand. He told the ocean where to keep its boundary and he told the land where to keep its boundary. And we notice that whenever water exceeds its boundary in floods and tsunamis and uh, its devastation, its turmoil, when uh, something doesn't know what its boundary is. And so God put these things specifically onto the earth for a reason. And what I'm noticing a lot lately as well is that if I look at the young generation, the current younger generation that is alive today, the social media, this digital generation that's been raised up with technology, it's almost as if the internet, the World Wide Web, has created this boundaryless world where everybody, their world seems out of control because their minds are busy all the time. And God gave the earth night in order to rest from the sun. You know, many people and young people are lying in their beds at night and their minds are still occupied. There's no boundary of day and night. There's no boundary of a good night's rest or good night's sleep because the light from their screens or in their eyes, in their faces, is keeping their minds alive, keeping their emotions, their thoughts, their bodies are not in a rhythm of good sleep and good rest. And so it's causing a generation to become emotionally and mentally burnt out and emotionally and mentally sort of out of control. And that's why I really believe that it's important that we we discuss and we talk about controlling your controllables because you're not obligated to answer every telephone call that rings on your phone immediately. You're not obligated to respond to every WhatsApp or every text message or every email immediately when it comes in. But it's almost like there's this underlying or unset rule with employers or, or friends or family or whatever start getting a little bit restless or cheeky or rude when it comes to why didn't you answer my call? Why did you why didn't you reply to my message? Why did I saw that you read my message but you didn't reply? And very often we start living in this guilt-ridden world where eventually we think, well, if the person's gonna take me on again if I don't answer their message immediately, but very often you're busy, you know. I always tell people as well, and I'm not always I don't get this right all the time. But sometimes when people want to contact you or people want to send you a message and then someone will say to you, I sent you a text message, why aren't you replying to my messages? But how do you know what I was busy with when you sent the message? Who says I wasn't in a meeting or who says I wasn't busy with something that was now more that I could control? I was busy controlling my controllables. I was busy doing what I needed to do. And that doesn't mean to say that you shouldn't reply or you shouldn't get back to a person eventually. But it's almost like we're living in this world where this young generation has to be taught to control their controllables. Not just them, but business people, parents, children. We need to learn to control our controllables. And like I said as well, you don't have to reply or take every telephone call. If somebody rings you and you're not able to take that call right now, you just should almost feel, without being rude, to let that thing go to voicemail, leave a decent voicemail and say, I'll get back to you when possible. And if it be one hour, two hours, three hours, unless it's an emergency or somebody texts you and says, I need to talk to you now. But most of the time, people are just used to this. When I call you, better answer. When I call you, better reply. When I text message, you must reply. But that's not how you're going to scale. That's not how you're going to be effective because effective leaders learn to control their controllables. Five things I want to look at in this episode today is that There's five things that you cannot control as much as the same five things are exactly the things that you can control. 
Well, what you cannot control is what other people see in speaking about their vision, about their life. What you cannot control is what other people say. And what you cannot control is what other people study. And what you cannot control is what other people spend. And what you cannot control is what other people sow. But on the same token, like I've said as well, instead of making the conscious effort to focus on the things that you can do, we end up spending more time on worrying about what other people are seeing, what they're busy with. Oh, I see this person's started a new business. So I see this person is now overseas on a holiday. I see this person has bought a new car. I see this person has had a new baby. And we're so busy worrying about or losing control over our own world because we're so busy focusing on everything else that other people are seeing and what other people are doing. Or what other people are saying, I saw this person said this and I heard this person said that. But you can't control what they see and what they say. I saw this person has now finished their degree and that's what they've been studying. And yet you should have finished your degree, but we're so busy focusing or losing control of our own world because there are no boundaries in place as much as what God put boundaries in place for night and day and he put boundaries in place for summer and winter and he put boundaries in place for sea and sand. It's important that you understand as well that you have to put boundaries in place if you want to start controlling your controllables. And you can't control what other people sow, what other people give, but you can control definitely what you can give. And so I want to look at that in this episode, like I said today as well, is the five things that you can control. Now, I'm sure there are many, many things that we can delve into in life in general, but I want to focus on these five areas that you need to control these controllables because you are able to control them. The number one is what do you see? You can control what you see. Proverbs 29, 18, the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so often people are going through the motions of life, but if you had asked most people honestly to say, what is the vision for your life? What do you see for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of your life? Very few people, sadly, actually have got anything written down or any direction they're clearly aiming at. And the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And so don't confuse eyesight with vision because sight is the function of the eye, but vision is the function of the heart and the mind. It's what we see, our imagination. It's what God gave us, the incredible privilege that the human has is the ability to imagine, to see, to dream, to believe things that aren't there, but you can imagine them. That's why I always say to people, your imagination is the ability to imagine a nation. Because God told Abraham as well when he gave him the, the covenant promise, the Abrahamic covenant promise, which Galatians 3 says is now also part of the Christian's blessing, part of the Christian's covenant as well, is the blessing of Abraham comes upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. In Galatians 3 from 8 until 12, 13. You can read that in your, in your spare time as well. But what did God say to Abraham in Genesis 13? And the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had separated from him, he said, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are. So God doesn't say lift your eyes now and look to what other people are doing or what Lot had done because he'd separated from Lot. So the story, the backstory is that Lot is his nephew and he's taken captive and eventually Abraham goes and rescues him. But they start to have sort of family clashes because the place where they're at is too small for the two of them. And God says, separate yourself from Lot and go your own way because that's what God always has destined for a man is to take a wife and to start a family 
and to build something new and to birth something new because you are born to prosper. You are born to have dominion over this earth. You are born to conquer something. Firstly, a woman, a man conquers a woman. It's the greatest quest of a man. The greatest quest of a woman is to be conquered by her hero, by a man. Then they together form a team co-laborers together and they conquer some territory, they conquer some part of the economy, they start a family and they produce. And so it's the purpose of God for every human being to be a producer, not just to be a consumer, to be a contributor, not just a taker. So many people, if you don't understand that, we start to, uh, I can't, I'm losing my mind. My life is out of control. And the Bible says that God is not a God of confusion. So if there is confusion reigning in any part of our lives, then we must have a look at ourselves because God is not the God of confusion. So he's not the author of confusion. So he doesn't author any confusion at all. So we have to take responsibility for any form of confusion that might be in our lives. And I want to challenge you as well is to say that when God spoke to Abraham, he said, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are. So God always challenges us to see you know, into the future through our imagination, through our vision, through what it is that beats in your heart, that dream, that desire. He says, from where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. So God says to Abraham, look in a 360-degree direction, not just in a limited 20-degree, 30-degree, 45-degree. He says, not a 90-degree. He says, a full 360 degrees. Look to the north. Look to the south. Look to the east. Look to the west. So whenever you are looking at your future as well, my question to you today is, what do you see? Because you can control that. That is something you can control. You can't control what someone else sees. You can't control what someone else is planning. But you can control what you see and what you are planning, your preparation, the time you take to write your vision down, to put it up on your wall, to meditate on it, to look at it, to make decisions every day, to move towards that vision. That you can control. So we can't use the excuse of that five, two, and one talented parable in Scripture where the guy with the five produced five and said, made ten, two made four, and the one said, I was afraid, and so I hid my talent. And the reason that the master was agitated was because he had the ability to control that. He said, you could have put my money with the bankers. So you could have. So that means you lost control of the situation because you were focused more on your fear or you're focused on something else. And very often that's what the enemy does. It gets us to a place where we we grapple with what we can't do and what we're unable to do, and it makes us focus on the failure, on the hurt and the pain of yesterday, and eventually we end up actually moving forward and we stay in the same place. But I want to encourage you today is that you can control what you see through vision. And God goes on to challenge Abraham. He says, for all the land which you see. So what do you see today for your future? Are you seeing doom and gloom? Are you seeing a list of all your failures and your problems and your issues of yesterday? Are you focusing more on what is behind you? Which Paul the Apostle writes in Philippians 3 when he says, forgetting the things which are behind. He says, this one thing that I do, I press and I lean towards the upward call that's in Christ Jesus. I look to what is lying ahead. I don't focus on all the flops and the failures of yesterday. Although we don't ignore them, we learn from them. But what do you see? And that's my challenge to us in this episode today is what do you see? Because you can control what you see. You can't control what others see. You can't control what others are planning, but you can control what you see. So what do you see? He says, because whatever you see, he says, I give to you, Abraham, and your descendants. So there is something that God has put on this earth, a place, an area, a strategy, a business, a dream, a desire, something for you to see, but you need to see it. And only you can see it because you can control what you see. You can control what you think. 
You can control what you watch you, in, in the sense of naturally on social media, those boundaries. You can control that. You can put time limits in place. You can put limits on your eyesight and limits on your ear gate and limits on what comes out your mouth. You can control that. And that's the quest we are all on as leaders and as humans. So he says in verse 16, he says, I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. He says, arise and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. So notice God had a destiny, a covenant promise for Abraham, but he had to arise. He had to walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. So where are the areas of your life right now where you've stopped walking or you are walking more towards your problems of yesterday and not walking towards the dreams and the desires and the destiny of your future? And again, I say to you, don't ignore all the errors of the mistakes of your past, but don't focus on them. Because you can control what you see. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what do you see? I want to challenge you today. What do you see? And if there's nothing that you are seeing right now, then I suggest and I want to encourage you then to go buy at the time and take a, a while and just maybe take a few moments and close your eyes. You have an imagination and start to dream again. Start to see things from a fresh perspective, a godly perspective, because there is a covenant promise that God has for you. And you have to step into that promise and claim it by faith. Amen. So the second thing that you can control is what you say. In a world today where we're so opinionated and we're so busy with everyone else's business, worrying more about what other people are doing and what they shouldn't be doing. And if it was me, I wouldn't have done that. But it's not you. What are you doing with your own life? And people will say things about you. I mean, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can't really harm me. And sure, people's words do affect us in some shape, form, or size. Sometimes they're negative. We don't like to hear them. But it's what comes out of your mouth that determines the direction of your life. So what are you saying? You can control that. Because Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's that principle of seed time and harvest again. So the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, says that death and life. Notice he says, in the same place where there's a possible a possibility of life, in the same place there's a possibility of death. How? Through the power of your tongue. Because the tongue is inside of your mouth, and you can control what comes out of your mouth. Now we know James says, if anybody can get total control over his tongue, he says you'll be a perfect person. So all of us say things at times we shouldn't say, or we think things we shouldn't think, and then we end up saying those things that we're thinking. But the Bible says that we have to work as hard as we can to bridle our tongues when it comes to negative things. And let our tongues speak when there's life. The Bible said it's like a little rudder, the tongue, as small as what it is in the whole total size of the body, it actually directs your life. It sends your life in a certain direction by the words that you speak, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what are you saying? Notice what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. He said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So notice Jesus says what? He says, be removed and be cast into the sea. He says, who says to this mountain. So he's speaking about sayings. What are you saying? He says sometimes we can talk about our mountains, about our debt, about our fear, about our limitations, about our inabilities, about our one talent we had that we couldn't multiply. Or we can make a decision and say, hey, 
I'm going to not speak about my mountain. I'm going to speak to my mountain. He says, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So my encouragement again to you today, what are you saying? You can control what you say. And it's important that you control your controllables because you can't control what other people say. You can't control what comes out of other people's mouth. You can't control other people's emotions. You can't control other people's decisions. But you can control your decisions. You can control your words. You can control your vision. And I want to say to you today as well, write that vision down. Start to speak to that vision by faith. If you does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. I've come that you might have. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So I want to say to you, start to declare the I am declarations of Jesus over your life, amen, because what you say is critically important to your future. You can control those controllables. Number three is what you study. Now, it sounds very sort of cliche, but what you study. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So as a young pastor, Paul is challenging Timothy. He says, study as a pastor. So many pastors today maybe have got their diploma for what they qualified for. Some haven't even got any qualification, but they just sort of arrive on a Sunday and maybe share a few. And I don't say this is fact, but sometimes they just have a busy week and never really spend time improving themselves as leaders and studying God's word and getting fresh revelation and manner from scripture as the Bible instructs us to do. He says, study to show yourself approved unto God. So not unto man, but unto God. Because he says, what a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So when you study, then he says what? Verse 16, he says, but shun profane and vain babblings. He says, idle conversations, what you say about other things, what people are saying about you. So you can't control that, Paul says to Timothy. He says, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. I mean, you've all ever been there, said something that you shouldn't have said or got involved in a debate or got involved in an argument that eventually ends up just going nowhere. It's actually a pointless argument to start with, but we don't know how we got into it, but eventually we got into it. Then pride kicks in. So now I have to defend my pride. So eventually I'm doing more crisis management or damage control, just trying to save my pride. Never mind the content of the conversation. It can be pointless argument, but just because my pride is now involved, I better continue down this road. And Paul writes to Timothy, he says, just shun these profane and vain babblings. He says, don't get involved in these things. Why? Because you're busy studying. You're studying to get that qualification. You're studying to get that that diploma. You're studying to get that understanding about, maybe it's about finance or it's about trading or it's about business or it's entrepreneurship or you're studying to get your driver's license, whatever it might be that you're studying. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. He says you can control that. Oh, I didn't have time. No, you did. You did. You just were, you were wasting your time on other stuff. You had no boundaries in place for your social media, so you lost two hours. You had no boundaries in place for your Netflix or for your movies or for your sport or for your hobbies or your whatever, but you never took the time to study. And you can control what you study. You remember the previous episodes we had a look at the three things that cause us to grow in life is the places we go, the people we meet, and the books we read. So studying is part of reading. It's a part of seeking and knocking and asking. And as you study to show yourself approved, the Bible says a workman that need not be ashamed. 
So it's when we don't study, when we don't take time to improve ourselves. I often told you my mentor, Peter Daniels, which really challenged my life, said, what have you read in the last six months that once you've read it and applied it to your life, will show an upward forward mobilization of your income? The average American statistics show that Peter Daniels uh, reveals spends less than $10 a month on their brain in order to advance the income. I mean, people spend more on perfume or on deodorant. Your brain doesn't sit under your armpit, but yet we'll spend more money on stuff that doesn't advance our lives or produce growth in our life. Yet we want to grow. We want to have the benefits of what we see other people are seemingly gaining on our social media platforms because their life always looks so perfect in a picture. But it's not always that perfect. But when you are so busy focusing on everyone else, instead of what you can control, you end up losing ground. And the Bible says that we end up becoming ashamed. And we shouldn't be ashamed because the Bible says we need not be ashamed if you rightly can divide that word of truth or rightly can overcome that lack of information in a certain area to give you that qualification in order to advance your life. So my encouragement to you again today is what you study is what you can control. The time you spend, 10 pages a day, read 10 pages a day, spend 20 minutes a day on an online seminar, an online video tutorial, or something that's going to improve your life. If you take that time spent on that information gathering session, studying session, and you apply that into your career, your business, your department, whatever it is, it's going to improve it to a point where your manager or your client or whatever he says to you, wow, your service has improved, your marketing has improved, your customer relations have improved, your lead conversion, your lead generation, the state of the company, the way you deal with people, it's improved. Why? Because I went on a on a public speaking course. I went on a public relations seminar. I spent time studying and when I studied, I showed myself approved. That means I'm going to be approved. The sale will be approved. The contract will be approved. The tender will be approved. You have to get out of your comfort zone and get into a place of discomfort. That's what studying does. But it's going to require some controlling. You have to control certain things, saying no to certain weekend functions because I'm busy studying to finish this course or studying to finish this degree or studying to finish this diploma and I need to get this behind me so I'm going to buy out the time. I'm going to give the time to the studying. In other words, I'm going to buy that time and give it to studying as what I was going to give it to my friends or give it to my my family. But what if they get agitated with me? What if they get irritated with me? Who cares? They're not going to be the ones who can't pay their bills, who don't get the promotion or don't get the advancement because they don't care if you had to study or didn't study. And you can control that. We're talking about controlling our controllables. We can control the time we spend studying and advancing and improving our lives. Amen? So Proverbs 24.3, the Bible says, Any enterprise is built by wise planning, becomes strong through common sense, and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. So you have to build the enterprise of your life. You have to build into yourself through studying. Amen. Number four, what you spend. Proverbs 27, 23, the Bible says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds, for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. Speaking about what you spend, you know, in our Born to Prosper seminar that I do as well, I've got a, a segment in there that I speak about prosperous order. And in that section, we speak about bringing order into your world 
when there's disorder because God is not the God of confusion. And in that as well, we speak about the three ways in which people spend money. Either you are spending too much money and you're overspending, or else you are spending all your money and you've got no money left, or you're spending less than what you're earning and you've got surplus. And so we want to get into the surplus part of our spending because we want to be able to save, we want to be able to invest, we want to be able to put money away. And believe you me, when you have need, children, business, whatever it might be, bills to pay, getting them to school, staff, salaries, whatever, we all need. We all need every day of our lives. But the Bible is very clear, amen, that we have to be diligent to know the state of our flocks, to put order into our world, to bring order. We can control what we spend. If you're not tracking what you are spending, I want to encourage you. In our Born to Prosper seminar as well, we deal with prosperous future. We speak about leaders or trackers, and you have to learn to be a tracker. That means you have to track, keep track of what you are spending because when you lose track of what you're spending, you don't really know where you need to change and where you need to bring control or bring order into your world. I often speak about dashboards, which are available now on all these social media apps, which is a great thing to use. But if you look at a dashboard on your vehicle, when your fuel tank is running low, the dashboard then sends a notification up on your dashboard and says fuel suggestion stop or reserve tank or it beeps, a light comes on or a sound is made. And it's warning you to saying, listen, you're running low on fuel. I want to say to you, you need to go to a fuel station and fill up or put more petrol in. And so the dashboard is actually there to help you so you're not stranded on the side of the road, not knowing that you're running out of fuel. And that's what tracking does in our lives. Tracking helps us to know the state of our flocks, to know the state of our income, to know if we're in a deficit position of we're spending too much, if we're in a break-even position of spending everything, or in a surplus position of having something left over to save. And you'll only know that by when you look at your bank balance to see, have I got excess every month? So if you haven't got to a place where there is enough to put away or there's something to put away, I want to say to you as well, you can control your controllables. You are controlling what you spend. You're controlling the, the debit order on your accounts. You're controlling the, the coffee that you buy every day. You're controlling the food, the restaurants. You're controlling the clothes. You're controlling all the movies and all the niceties. You are controlling that. And you can't say, well, I don't know. I've got more month than money. Sure, all of us need more money. But very often, it's not a matter of you need more money. It's just you have to bring order to the current money that you have. And there's a principle in that. And when you are faithful in what is little, the Bible says God makes you ruler over much. So if you haven't got a monthly budget, if you haven't got a tracking system, if you can't say to me, I've spent this much on that much on this much. And I put this in place a few years ago where every month uh, I take every slip. Every time I spend anything, I keep a slip, a receipt of that. And what I do is uh, once a week or every fortnight or sometimes more regularly, whenever I get a chance, I then take that and I put it into my tracker on my phone. I've got a financial tracker and I actually create categories and subcategories and, and people say, well, that's not me. I could never do that. Great. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm just telling you that there are certain things you can control. You can control what you spend. So sometimes when I want to make a decision on something, I can easily go to my app and I look back and when last did I do this? Oh, I did this two months ago, so I can maybe do it again now. It's not too soon or whatever. I even track coffee. I track water. I track everything because sometimes if, you just, if you're just if you not aware of it, but 
buying one cup of coffee or one cappuccino every day for five days over 52 weeks. It equates to thousands and thousands of rands in our currency. And you'll be surprised. You know, eight to 10,000 rand a year is what you spend on coffee if you just buy one coffee a day. And wow, sure. I mean, could you do a 10,000 rand or 8,000 rand in December when it comes time to go on holiday? Yes, but I enjoy my coffee. Great. I'm not arguing. Buy your coffee. I'm just saying to you, you can control your controllables. You can control that. It's totally in your control. It's not out of your control. But when you don't track it or you're not sure what you're spending it on, you lose control of it. And that's what makes leaders effective is their ability to track things, the ability to bring control in what they spend. So I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you. Put a budget in place. Get a track on your phone. Start to change your habits. If you And again, I'm not trying to sell you something, but if you haven't read the copy of the Born to Prosper book as well, you can go to imborntoprosper.com and have a look because it really in there, there's a chapter called Prosperous Order. And there is access there to an online budget sheet and there is access there to a, what we call a financial freedom form where you can actually divide your income into the 10 blocks and it gives you a 70% budget, 80% budget, a 90% budget and a 100% budget. And it tells you what you're spending at 100% if that's where you are and what you need to change to get to 70% or 80% of your income so that 20% is left over, your tithe, your savings, your investment. So I encourage you, bring those things in place because you can control that. That's under your control. And then lastly, what others sow, what you sow. You can't control what other people sow, but you can control what you sow because the Bible is very clear. Jesus speaking in John 12, 24, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. Speaking about his life having to become a seed, and he said that if his life doesn't fall into the ground and die, Christianity would have remained with him. But because it died, it produced much grain. And Jesus was able to control that. Although he didn't want to, he wrestled with his father in Gethsemane, and he asked his father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But not my will be done, but your will. But yet, it's not wrong to wrestle and to reason, like I've said before on this platform. But the challenge I want to place before you today is Jesus, he could control that. And he did. He gave his life. And that is why we have to understand what you sow is totally in your control. Because unless the seed, unless that seed does not leave your bank account or your pocket or your wallet or the seed of your words, your mouth, or the seed of your time, your treasure, your talent, what you study, all those things, unless the seed doesn't leave, it cannot produce. And so I want to encourage you, you control that. If the earth is not producing, if you're not happy with the harvest of your life, I encourage you to go and have a look at the seeds that you are either wrongly sowing or not sowing at all. Because unless a seed is sown, it cannot produce, says the Bible. So Genesis 1.11, listen what the Bible says, the law of seed time and harvest. When God placed this incredibly powerful law on the earth, it governs the earth. Let the earth bring forth, and God said, let the earth bring forth the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. You know, I was speaking to my staff the other day, and I was telling them that I was just pondering about this principle of this law of seed time and harvest and that last part where it says, and the seed is in itself. And I just really was meditating on that. And the Lord just reminded me again and challenged me again to remind myself and those that are in my direct world, my children, my, my family, my staff, the church that I pastor and the people that God has allowed me to lead 
and I challenge them with the seed is in itself. And sometimes we live this life of I'm always waiting for something outside of me to deliver me. If you take an apple, a simple analogy of an apple, and you, we all know we've eaten apple in our life, or if you haven't eaten one, you've seen one, but we know that the seed is inside the apple. It's in the center of the core. And if you want to form a new apple tree, we have to take the seed that's inside that apple, sow that seed in order for a possible apple tree to be produced. And when the apple tree does produce, and seven years later it starts to produce its first apples, it was as a result of a seed that came out of inside of the apple. So you don't go to a fruit on your tree or a fruit in the garden or a fruit in the supermarket that you buy and there's a seed stuck on the outside of the fruit. No, the Bible's very clear. The seed is in itself. It's like when a couple wants to procreate. The seed for the possible child is inside the husband. It's the way God made us. The seed to procreate in the animal kingdom, seed to procreate in the human species, it's inside of us. And that's why the words that come out of your mouth, death and life, are in the power of the tongue. The tongue is inside your mouth. It's inside your body. So that's why the seed is in itself. And until you don't get that understanding that you realize that your deliverance lies inside your salary, your deliverance does not lie outside of yourself. It doesn't lie in the government bailing you out or your parents bailing you out or your wife or your husband bailing you out or the lottery bailing you out, some, something external. And so many people are not advancing. So many people's lives are out of control because they don't realize the power of this principle that the seed is in itself. The Holy Spirit is inside of you, but you have to do your part. You have to speak up. You have to speak out. You have to walk, arise and walk. You have to sow the seed. You have to open up your wallet and give. You have to pay your tithe because if you don't do that, I want to say to you that the seed is in itself. It's not just going to fall out the sky. It's not just by some miracle we have to live all the time. I need a miracle. Sure. Jesus performed many miracles in scripture, but the vast majority of his ministry wasn't based on the miraculous. And so many Christians today are waiting for the miraculous all the time. And yes, there's a place for the miraculous, but you can't live off a miracle. You have to control what you see, your vision, control what you say, your words, control what you study, the time you, you invest in to improve yourself, which will invariably improve your income. You can control what you spend and you can control what you sow. But unless the seed does not come from inside the apple, unless the portion of your salary does is not given as a seed. You can't consume your whole salary. You can't eat up that whole apple and swallow the seed. There'll be nothing to sow. You can't take your whole salary every month and swallow your whole salary through expenses and bills and food and everything and have nothing to give because unless the seed does not fall into the ground and die, that means I don't keep it alive by worrying what I would have done with it. It remains alone. Your salary will just be your salary and it'll stay your salary. But until you realize the principle of seed time and harvest and you sow generously from within your salary, from within your company, your company will only advance when your company becomes a generous company. When you start to sow generously towards God's kingdom through your company, it's inside itself. It's not outside. It's not like I have to do a corrupt deal with some government official or some business guy under a table in a dark alley with a brown paper bag in order to advance. That's outside of yourself. And the seed you're sowing there is corrupt and crooked, and it'll produce a crooked and corrupt harvest. And I want to encourage you today. Control your controllables. Take responsibility. God gave us that command in the Garden of Eden. Adam, tend the garden. Produce, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, 
prosper on the earth, have dominion over, subdue it, bring it under subjection, work hard, strategize, be faithful, be committed, see something through to the end, swear to your own hurt. That is how you advance in life. You don't advance in life by just by the wayside, case sarah, sarah, quick fix solutions. No, line upon line, precept upon precept, faithful over little, ruler over much. Amen. So really, as we come to the end of today's episode, I'm super expectant that you have received something today by the Spirit of God. As I prepared for this episode today, I really just asked the Holy Spirit, what does He want me to say in this particular episode? I really felt led to say this to you. So if this is spoken to you today as well, just don't condemn yourself. We don't live under condemnation, but take responsibility and say, hey, I'm going to start changing. I'm going to bring the change. I can control. You don't have to answer all those telephone calls. You don't have to reply to every WhatsApp immediately. When you finished studying, when you finished investing and doing, taking your responsibility, when you've got spare time, you then give that to WhatsApp reply or to someone else. And be clear. Tell people. I've told many people in my life. I said, listen, even my staff, you can ask them today. My policy is if you call me and I don't answer the call, know that I'm busy. If you WhatsApp me or text me and I don't reply immediately, know that I'm busy. But my response is clear. I will come back to you when I'm able to. But I do always respond. I always feel that a no response is also a response. It's For me, it's rude not to respond to a message at some point or just even indicating to somebody to say, I've got your message, can't talk now, I'll come back later. Sure. At least just acknowledge the fact that you are on the other side of that line and you are busy and I'll go, great. But I'm not talking about five, six weeks and then saying, you know, oh, oh, sorry, I forgot. I'm speaking about putting boundaries in place and not having to be interrupted at everyone's beck and call because they demand that because that's their control. I can't control when you want to call me, but I can control if I want to answer that call. That's what I can do. I can control what I spend. I can control what I commit to. I can control what I don't commit to. I can control that. So control that. And the Bible says what? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So control your mind. Keep your mind. Don't lose your mind. Keep it. It's yours. And as you renew your mind, as you stay in the Word, give yourself Bible reading time every morning. Give yourself prayer time every day. Commit to sowing seeds of the Word into your future. Commit to confessing God's Word. Get a copy of the Born to Prosper book and allow the Holy Spirit to minister into your life. Amen. I'm so glad that you took the time to join me today on this episode. If you feel this episode has blessed you, or you feel someone else needs to hear this, then I encourage you to share this episode with somebody else. It's a free platform. I don't make any money off this. I don't gain anything except just doing what God has told me to do. And I pray that today's episode really speaks to you in areas where you have to bring change and take the responsibility and watch what God's going to do. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to help you. He's going to guide you and lead you. So Father, I come today in Jesus' name and I pray for every single person who's listening to the sound of my voice today. And I pray, Father, that we can intentionally take responsibility for what we can control thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear but of power love and of a sound mind let us not worry about our tomorrow which we can't control you said let us not worry about tomorrow we can't control tomorrow and we can't control yesterday what we can control is now and now faith is so give us the faith to be in the now and to stay in the now for the moment so that we can deal with what we need to deal with now and as we do that father Give every person that's listening to, to me today, give them strategy, give them wisdom, give them peace, give them breakthrough, Father, because you are a God. You said, if we are evil, now to give good gifts to our children, how much more won't you give us great gifts, the Holy Spirit, and blessing on this earth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, 
Thank you so much for joining me today on Leader Breeder Podcast, episode six. And have an awesome, awesome week, an awesome, awesome month. And I can't wait to be with you in our next episode, episode seven. Remember, God's Financial Secrets series coming up soon. And be on the lookout for that. And if you haven't shared this platform with somebody else, you feel it'll give somebody value, please be so kind and share that. Have an awesome, awesome day. Can't wait to be with you soon. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us here at Leader Breeder. Make sure to subscribe to the channel to catch the next episode every month.